a series on the testimony and the power of the testimony. And so we've got some great testimonies for you today. And, um, but uh, how many of you guys have been encouraged the last couple of weeks by the testimonies that you're hearing from some of your fellow? Come on, isn't it good? Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you. Um, you know, it really, it, the, the simplicity of the gospel is incredible. It, it really is. We are carrying the good news of the King of Kings. We're carrying the good news of what Jesus has done. And, um, you know, it, I, I, think, um, I think for whatever reason, and, I, and who knows, there's lots of reasons. For lots of reasons, um, we, we kind of complicate things sometimes, don't we? You know, it, it, uh, what does it say? It doesn't take wisdom to make something complicated. <laughs> I think that's a, probably should be a tattoo that I wear to remind myself. But, um, you know, it really is true. You know, uh, it, it doesn't take wisdom to make something complicated. But, you know, the gospel of the kingdom is not complicated. It's a good father who sent his good son, who raised us from, the, from death and sin and sent the Holy Spirit so that we could be witnesses and that we would actually love each other and demonstrate what our good father's like. That's it. That's the whole story. I was taken today by, um, as we were worshiping together, and I was just thinking about how, how, how incredibly profound it is when we come together and we all look at dad, you know, we all look at dad at the same time and we talk about dad and how good he is and what he's done and how much we love him. And, and it's incredible how when we do that, the, we become aware of the presence of God. We know his presence is always with us, but sometimes we're not aware of it. But when we, when we do that, when we decree and declare what he's like, suddenly our eyes begin to be opened and we start to see him as he actually is. And then something else happens. We start to see each other. And we remember, you're my family. You're my people. And I, and I, I was just so taken by that today that, you know, without, without that part, the truth is, we don't, without, without that, we don't fall in love with each other. But there's something about when we worship him and we come together and we say, Lord, you are the Lord. You are the King of kings. You are, you are God who is love. Then suddenly something supernatural does happen and you know what that supernatural thing is? I actually start to care about you. That sounds harsh, but do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's a miracle, isn't it? We all got a lot going on, don't we? It's a miracle when we stop long enough to go, man, I can't believe I went through a whole week and I didn't even think about you. But, man, but here you are, man, you're worth thinking about. You're, you're a son of the Most High. You're a daughter of the Most High. We're family. We get forever together. Like, we might not get to hang out every week, but I'm going to be excited when there's enough weeks that I can always get enough time with you. Are, you. are you seeing what I'm saying? That's not romantic sentimentality. That's reality. And we get a glimpse of that when we come together. That's why it's so vital that we worship together. Amen? It's so vital that we break bread together, the body of Christ. We become a family. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this morning as we're talking about the power of testimonies, we're talking about that. I want to bring to mind and I want to exhort you um, uh, with this scripture. I want to exhort you with Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. How many of you guys just receive that right now for when you're driving? <laughs> A couple of you are like, oh, oh. Yes, let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. He's near right now. He's with you right now. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The way to be anxious for nothing for us is to do exactly what we're doing, is to carry the testimony of what God has done. The testimony of what God has done in Christ coming, and then as Christ has come, all the things that have happened because he has come. All the miracles that have happened. And, and you know what? Again, I, you know, I mentioned it just a moment ago, but do you guys realize that the greatest miracle that we see after being born again, the greatest miracle that we see is that we actually love each other? I'm not even making a joke. I'm telling you, that is a miracle. It is a miracle to continue to walk in a covenant relationship together as a family where I care about you as much as Christ cares about you, which is what we're commanded to do. And I'm telling you, that's the greatest miracle, second only to when we're born again, second only to what Christ did in us. And that begins to get released. We're stirring that up as we're hearing these stories of what God's done. The amazing thing is lives become transformed and when we hear that story, when we, when, we, when we thank God for what he's done in Red's life and Josh's life and Alaire's life and, and Ethan's life and, and all of your lives, what happens is I begin to realize there is actually power for transformation that's available and has happened in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching the gospel when I give the testimony of what he's done. And this is what this apostle is saying, is he's saying, listen, I want you to be anxious for nothing. I don't want you to worry about the things that are broken. I want you to thank him for the things that he's healed and and then declare to those things that are broken, you will be healed. But when we skip the part where we're grateful for what he has done, what happens is we just start to stack up. How many of you guys have had some anxious times, right? Where we just let that anxiety take our powers of reason, our powers of, of um, and, and we just compound what could go wrong, right? It's like, man, this is right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He's saying, you've seen me do this, now I want you to do this. How many of you guys have been around somebody when you get with them, they just have great stories of what God has done? Raise your hand. How many of you have those people, right? And you come away encouraged, don't you? You're just like, I think maybe anything is possible, right? You get around those people and you're just like, wow, anything is possible. And it's incredible because you've also been around people that let's just give, say they have the Eeyore anointing and they convince you that nothing is possible and that it's bad now, but don't worry, it'll get worse. And you're amazed at like their incredible anointing and you pretty much avoid them because you're just like, I can't handle it. Like they are too anointed with this. Here's the good news. If you have an ear anointing, the Lord can change that. <laughs> the Lord can change that. But what's the point here? The point is we're called to carry good news. That's what a testimony is. It's what God can do. And I do believe this, by the way, those that are operating in the Eeyore anointing, you're, I want you to know you're anointed to carry good news. You're just focusing on the wrong thing. If you'll turn around and begin to collect the stories of what God has done, suddenly you won't care about what he hasn't done. You'll speak to the things that he hasn't done and say, well, listen, he's already done these 10 things. So you got nothing compared to what God's already done. You might still be there, but you know what the truth is? I'm kind of glad you're there right now so I can just laugh at you and see how you're going to go down because look at what he has done. So it's a matter of perspective. And that's why the testimony is so vital. We have to carry the testimony of what he has done. And you got to know this. The enemy wants to steal that from you, so you have to practice this. And that's why the apostle is exhorting us, I want you to practice whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's right, whatever's excellent, whatever's of a good report. I want you to think on these things. He didn't say whatever's broken, whatever's wicked, whatever's bad, whatever's tempting, whatever's evil, whatever's political. Think on those things. Amen? 
Let me share a testimony, and as I do, I'd like to ask Sharon to come up. This last um, Thursday, how many of you guys helped out with Burgers with Bob? Raise your hand. Thank you guys so much. That was fantastic. How many of you guys went to Burgers with Bob Thursday? Wasn't that beautiful? I want to give you guys just a quick rundown on, on, on how cool that was. It seems, well, one, it's such a silly name, but um, <laughs> when Karen and I were at City Fest, um, you know, during City Fest, you guys know 800 people got saved in our community. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Hallelujah, right? That's a, good, that's a good word. Come on up here. And during City Fest, Karen and I had a very cool divine appointment. We got to sit with our chief of police. And as we were sitting with our chief of police, Karen and I just wanted to say, listen, we want you to know that here at, uh, at Christ Center, we want you to know that we're for you. We want you to know that we pray for you. We want you to know that we pray for the, for the Junction City Police Department. And we understand you have a very challenging job. But we want you to know that as you're doing your job, that we are with you. And that we recognize that it's challenging and you need grace for it. If there's anything that we can do to bless you, we want you to know we'd like to do that. And then we said, can we pray for you right now? And we got to pray for him. So that was super cool. And so um, Chief Bob, being who Chief Bob is, very quickly after that said, hey, so were you serious when you said you might be willing to help us out with things? And I said, yeah, sure, what do you need? And he said, well, we, uh, many cities do a, uh, like a Junction City Night Out, and, or the name of the city, Night Out, that's hosted by the police department in different cities, and it's to create better PR with the police department, because how many of you know that's a hard job, right? <laughs> you have to be the person that comes in and tells people, no, bad. I mean, you barely like your parents when they do that. These guys aren't even related to you. So anyway, PR is important. And, uh, and he said, unfortunately, Junction City has the Scandinavian Festival during the time that we would normally schedule that. There's a national night out when they do it. And of course, you know, you can't really compete with Scandi and J-Town. So he said, is there, a, is, there any op is there any chance that you would be willing to rally some community members and invite Junction City Police Department to have a night out with the community? And I said, I think I can do that. I said, I need to talk to, I want to talk to the other pastors because I don't want to do it just as Christ Center. I want to do it as the Church of Junction City. And so I went to the Junction City Ministerial Association. I said, hey guys, here's what I, I believe God's asking us to do, a Jeremiah 29 assignment. You guys know Jeremiah 29? Pray for the peace of the city, for if it prospers, you too will prosper. We have that principle in Daniel where, I'm sorry, in, uh, <laughs> Dan's just jumping around. Yeah, it was Daniel, and then it was Jeremiah. No. Anyway, we have that principle in the word that tells us that we're to pray for the city, and we know that. We know God loves cities. So the other pastors are going, man, this is amazing. Let's do it. And so we did. And God just began to breathe on it. Crowley Equipment donated 1,000 hot dogs and hamburgers. The National Guard brought a climbing rock wall. Um, we had uh, Cosmo Corn uh, gave little popcorn packets for all the kids. We had tons of people show up. And y'all did an amazing job. And what was really cool was like 600 people showed up from our, com from our community. And as they came through, yeah, you can clap. That's cool. I mean, that's fun. What was cool was we had, a, we had a few things that were very awesome about this. Number one, we had unity amongst the church. We had a chief of police, although he had to do it somewhat covertly. I can tell secrets in here. We had a chief of police that said, would you please get the churches to invite the police and the community to come together and be neighbors? How cool is that? And then we had churches that get along. I know there's like a soundtrack. God loves that. It's my own soundtrack. <laughs> We have churches that got along and said, yes, let's do that. And then here's what was really cool. We got, I got to open it up and I said, on behalf of all the churches of Junction City and Junction City Ministerial Association, my name is Joshua Rivas. I want to welcome you here. In a moment, I'm going to introduce my good friend. 
and uh, we're going to have a great evening together. But before we start, I want you to know that we as believers in this community are called by God to pray for the peace of our city. And so I'm going to pray for the peace of our city. And I said, I understand there's people here that may not believe in God, but whether you believe in God or not, I think everyone here could agree that we want peace in our city. And then I prayed the priestly prayer over our city. May the Lord bless Junction City and keep it. Cause his face to shine upon it. May he be gracious to it. May he lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. And I said, amen. And you know what happened? He did. I'm telling you, it felt like a church picnic. I met hundreds of people. One story was very cool. There were two neighbors that live right next to each other that finally talked to each other at this event. (laughs) They've been living together for like seven years. So God is blessing our cities. So um, anyway, can you just rejoice with me and thank you guys for putting that on. Hallelujah. Well, I have a uh, fantastic uh, testimony that Sharon is going to share, and uh, Sharon is a dear, sweet, wonderful woman, and if you haven't met her, well, you're going to be really blessed to hear her talk today, um, but uh, Sharon has a very cool testimony, so why don't you, uh, why don't you tell these guys what, uh, what the Lord has done? Well, is this, okay, okay. Uh, a lot of people, my, my testimony is one of um, people want miracles, a miraculous healing, which is instant, but mine was a healing over time. It took seven years, from 2007 to 2014, and I want to encourage all of you that are in the middle of whatever you're in the middle of. Um, I worked for Head Start uh, for 15 years, and I was a family advocate, which is the equivalent of a social worker, so I was a social work person, and I uh, helped uh, hundreds of families overcome challenges, and I really enjoyed my job, and I felt like I was making a positive impact. And um, so in the fall of 2007, I was having a lot of physical problems that I, you know, you just, everything chalked up to stress. But um, I knew I was in trouble when I could no longer feel my legs. And so uh, I went to the doctor, and that started me down the path of going to multiple specialists, having MRIs, tests up the wazoo, and I felt like a pincushion. Um, and I had two spinal taps. And if anybody's had a spinal tap, they are not fun. And uh, so I had, and uh, Josh wants to me, I had a list here of over 60, that's six zero, symptoms of things that were wrong with me. And uh, I was just utterly exhausted. And also they discovered that I had uh, multiple lesions in my brain, and uh, one of the things were written on my medical chart was dementia. And uh, I was definitely demented by that time, because I only, my brain was pretty well gone. I feel feel like that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, so, but uh, anyways, uh, so, they were thinking that it was multiple sclerosis, Lyme's disease, lupus. They were just searching, trying to figure out what was wrong. 
And I was just so exhausted, and I would, uh, among some of the symptoms, as I'd be, I would either have to be in bed or on the couch lying down, and my insides were just trembling like jello all the time, and my body was jerking. And uh, like I said, my brain, it just took every ounce of energy to think or talk, have conversations was difficult. And uh, tracking, forget it, uh, couldn't track uh, things. And um, like, like, like what? So you're saying like in conversations and what have yes, you had a hard right. time tracking? Yes, mm -hmm. And um, so uh, what they came up with was unspecified neurological disorder from an unknown cause. So they couldn't figure out what, was, what the deal was, but I was going through it all. And, uh, but what is so good is God's grace and his divine enablement throughout that time period. Jim and I were leading a home group at that time, and uh, it was like I'd have resurrection day when it was home group time. <laughs> And, uh, but it was, it was uh, awesome what he did. It was just wonderful. And also, uh, we did a, a Financial Peace University in our home. And, uh, and then the leadership asked me even to uh, assist with the home group leaders. And I thought they were crazy because I only had half a brain. And it's like, are you sure about this? But, uh, you know, there's a time and a season for different things. And, um, but... Uh, one thing I forgot this morning was uh, that God was trying to teach me to build margin into my life. I don't know if anybody knows what margin is. That's the space. Allow, make space so that you're not overdoing and killing yourself and driving yourself to burnout or other things like that. And I like the Christ Center's theme is simple and sustainable. And bear that in mind. It will save you a lot. And then uh, also uh, Red had given me a bunch of healing scriptures and I had support from the home group, from the body here at Christ Center, the leadership, and family and friends, and lots of prayers going up. And also during that time period, I had two episodes of um, transient global amnesia. And uh, for people that regular health, when it hits, you're only like, you lose a day of your life, like a 24-hour period, and then the next day you're back to normal and trucking right along. Well, for me, with my uh, neurological disorders, um, it took me a whole month to recover. And uh, so that was in August of 2012. And then just almost exactly a year later, I had another um, transient global amnesia thing. And that's where you don't, you just like say it's amnesia. You just lose the time, you don't. And um, there's a couple of people in here that saw me with the second one. And so they knew what I was like, you're just like in this dream state and you're not sure what's real or not real. It's very bizarre. But uh, that, thankfully, the Lord cut that one. There was only two weeks to recover from that. And um, so there was some, I, what I did was I just, I would, I'd be laying there on the couch 
like I said, just trembling like jello and jerking and just not really with it and stuff like that. But yet, God's presence was so sweet, you'd have to experience it. You just don't, you know, until you've experienced it, you don't quite understand it. But that's the peace that passes all understanding. And that uh, just the sweetness of his presence. And um, I was, what I did is a combination of two scriptures, Psalm 118, 17, and John 10, 10. I combined them, and I made this declaration. Uh, and I just says, I shall not die or be disabled or incapacitated, but I shall live and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And I will have shalom for my life. Shalom is there's no brokenness, there's no, you're, it's complete wholeness. And uh, during that time, I began a gratitude journal. And since I couldn't track or write really very much, uh, it'd just be one word or one sentence. It's like, thank you, I'm still breathing. Um, thank you for Jim, my wonderful, supportive husband. You know, thank you for my bed. Thank you for my home, friends, family. It was just total attitude of gratitude. And, and I really encourage every one of you to, you know, you might not be a writer or anything like that, but I do encourage people to have a journal of some sort, something, express gratitude to God. Every day, there's always something to be thankful for. And things that you're not even aware of, you just take for granted. And um, God's provision throughout, oh, another thing about the gratitude piece is please don't allow yourself to go down the negative path like what Joshua shared today in the scriptures. You want to think on whatever's good, uh, honorable, um, profitable, yes. <laughs> Pure, lovely, good repute, any excellence or anything worthy of praise, dwell on those things. Because you need, either can dwell on, oh, this is wrong with me, or I've just, oh, poor me, and all that stuff. Or you can instead say, Lord God, I thank you that you are healing me. I am in process. We are in this together. He is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And God's provision throughout was another factor, which is another whole testimony, because I didn't have a job anymore. And um, there was all these medical bills coming up and all these doctor visits. I mean, but I was so out of it, I didn't care. <laughs> and uh, so, it, you know, just, okay, God, he's in control. And uh, so it was just a supernatural unexplainable joy in the midst of trial. And that song we sang this morning about God is good. He is definitely good, good, good. He's a good, good father, and he's ever faithful and true. And I just encourage all of you, just don't go down the negative path. Look to him, he's with you, and he'll walk with you through it, and then you'll come out on the other side, giving so, him glory. So just so I understand this, you um, were trembling you couldn't track with conversations with people you lost your job 
and you have medical bills piling up. So you decided to start a gratitude journal. <laughs> yes. Yes. So <laughs> that's a say law right there, isn't it? Come on. So, so you had this for seven years, and uh, so you were um, then at the end of the seven years, you made this declaration a couple of times, and you were just healed. Is that what happened? Oh no, that declaration started day one. Okay, so you declared <laughs> this for seven years. Yes, and that scripture where it says, uh, I don't know the address to it, but where it says that, uh, you know, that where that God calls into being the things that are not yet. Mm -hmm. Like we said earlier, that's quantum physics Come in on. action there. Come and, on, she's, and, getting, she's getting scientific on us. Uh -huh. Come so, on, baby. But that's awesome, but that's the way God does. He yes. calls things into existence that don't exist yet. Come on. So even though you're in the middle of it, yet, declare, decree, Trust in him. Yeah, that's good. You know, it reminds me of when Jesus is saying, he says, and he, he was teaching the disciples how to pray, and he said, and he wanted to teach them to pray and to not stop praying. And he told the parables of knocking and continuing and the, and the, the, uh, the importunity of the friend that kept banging on the door until he finally gave him the loaves and what he needed. And that's really what you did for seven years. How many of you guys are identifying and, and uh, one of the things we're doing during this testimony time is when you hear something that you just, your spirit goes, oh man, I need that. Like I need breakthrough like that. I need that for my life. Um, then what we're doing each time is giving an opportunity for you to stand up and say, I received that for myself. Like what God has done for you, there's something in your testimony. It might not be exactly the same, but there's something in your testimony that I go, oh my goodness, my spirit quickens and go, I need that. I need God to do that. I need, I want to respond to that. And we're going to have Sharon pray for you. So if there was something in this testimony that you just went, yes and amen, I want you to just stand up and I'm going to have Sharon pray with you. Some of those things that I, I just love about your testimony, the fact that, that you lived this out, that, um, you know, be anxious for nothing, but with thanksgiving, make your requests known. And you were making your requests known for seven years, and the Lord came through. Yes. And I love the declaration, because really what you did was lived out Philippians 4, the, the, the gratitude and the asking, and then just continuing to go back and make the declaration to things that were not as though they were. Why don't you go ahead and uh, would you just pray over, pray over all of us, but specifically yes. those that are standing. Yes, Jesus. Oh, thank you so much for what you have done and are doing. And Lord, for every person in this room, Lord Jesus, uh, we declare and decree that whatever it is that they need or want or are asking of you and that you so desire to give them, Lord God, may they indeed uh, uh, just give it to you rest in you, and to think on all these good things and on your goodness, and that you are with them today and forever. And Lord Jesus, I, that you are good and you are faithful, you are true, and you are not a man that you should lie, but what you declare and decree and speak forth, it shall come to pass. And Lord, you will call into being the things that are not in these people's lives, and you're going to have your perfect will done in each person's life. And I thank you for that. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you. Isn't that amazing? 
It's incredible to think about that. Seven years, and, and I remember, I, I, rem, I mean, I, it, it's just so cool to see Sharon just walking around no problem because it had affected 60, did you guys hear that? 60 different symptoms. And, um, and then even, I, I love the part of the testimony too where she shared, you know, that, that her mind couldn't track things very well, so it would be just one word things. Thank you for the car. Thank you that the lights are on today. It's just amazing. There's always something you can find to thank God for. Well, here's two of my favorite people in the world, Randy and Melody. Come on. Yeah, let's just welcome them. And, um, and they're going to share some of their testimonies. So uh, let's just jump right in. And uh, Andrew, keep me on so that I can converse back and forth. Thanks, my friend. Uh, Jesus first. So I wrote this and I have to read from it. So I felt like Holy Spirit saying, Jesus first. Um, I was raised in a church-going family, but I did not turn my life over to Jesus until I was about 21. I was far from innocent, but rather naive when I married as a young Christian. I suppressed my reservations and red flags about the man I was marrying, and it soon uh, became very apparent that I'd made a huge mistake. Um, I knew I had to live with it and make the best of it, so I did. We had a beautiful daughter from that marriage, and which lasted uh, just five years. Abuse of all kinds forced me to divorce him. For 14 years, I was a single mom with high standards of virtue, and then a devastating disappointment happened in a relationship because of those standards. Um, disappointed, disappointment created a place for a lie, which led to me skewing my values um, to my detriment and others' disappointments. I, I married again after my daughter turned 18, and again, not listening to my intuition, which I now can um, see was the Holy Spirit, I chose unwisely again. Um, I do know that God redeems everything in our life and um, our mistakes and our foolish choices, and I know that all my unwise choices and decisions are redeemed. Um, again, five years was a limit of that marriage. Um, when I moved to Eugene from California uh, in uh, 2006, uh, a new era had begun in my life. Uh, much inner healing, falling in love with Jesus again, close fellowship with a group of Holy Spirit-filled women allowed me to hope again. I prayed about being married and um, received a positive response from God. I joined eHarmony, which is a Christian-based um, online relationship dating site, and for a year and a half, I was on a journey of further healing in the area of relationships. And um, that was a really good process for me because um, God used it to further expose lies and wounds in my heart and heal uh, many of them and set me free. Um, I was open to Jesus, Holy Spirit, and Abba to lead me, give me wisdom, comfort, and strength. Um, there were disappointments along the way, but I kept trusting that God was choosing my mate for his purposes, and not just for my own benefit, but for his plans as well. And um, during that time, I received a word from someone who told me that I should announce who I was to a man. And in other words, um, a kind of de declaration of my values without apology. Um, after uh, the year of 
or so of eHarmony, I reluctantly um, went to Match.com because I thought it was kind of a worldly um, <laughs> site. And but I made sure I thought you know I was bold in my profile. I stated that I loved Jesus and was a believer, and I figured that would scare off anybody with those words who wasn't really in that place. <laughs> and um, six months into that venue, um, I felt like I, it was time to remove myself from, from there. And um, days before I did that, a man indicated interest in me, and I decided to get to know a little bit more about him. Uh, but when he said he lived two hours away, I said, no, that's not going to work. Not long distance is not going to work. And then five days later, God spoke to me and changed my mind. You know, go ahead and get to know. You know, it's not going to hurt anything to get to know this, this guy. And um, when I told, you know, emailed Randy and said, you know, let's keep conversing, um, he said that driving 100 miles to see me would be just warming up the car. No problem. So he was, <laughs> he was a man of his word. Um, once he and I started dating, uh, I invited a few of my um, prayer sisters to have eyes on us. I needed to know that someone had my back and would stop me if they saw red flags. Um, I was prepared to stop moving forward at any time. I was really cautious and guarded my heart, and I kept my values intact. Um, I felt really safe with Randy, and he was very respectful of me. Uh, it was actually very uncomfortable at first um, to be treated in that, that way, you know, the, the respectful, caring, consideration way, and um, it was really uncomfortable. And, People had to kind of talk me down from that, away from that uncomfortable space and say, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> um, uh, it was incredibly freeing to conduct our relationship from beginning to marriage in such a healthy and stable manner. No regrets were involved, the pace was peaceful, and our journey through those stages was helped along uh, with a common foundation, which was Jesus first. And I think the takeaway from my testimony might be this, is that um, Jesus has to be first. Nothing else in life is going to satisfy like he does. So, thank Amen. you. Isn't that good? I love it. I love it. I'm out of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have nine minutes. Okay. I know you can do it. <laughs> okay. I also wrote an outline to kind of keep me on track because, you know, when the Holy Spirit grabs you, you just got to go with it. But here we go. I grew up in a traditional uh, Protestant household, churches. My grandpa was a minister. Mom was a PK, a preacher's kid. Uh, accepted Jesus at 12 years of age at a church camp and continued with Sunday schools, youth groups till about 16. And then that's, you know, as well as I do, that when you're a teenager, you know it all. You don't need no more help. So I went on my own. First marriage lasted 20 years. I was 20, she was 17, actually still in high school. Uh, during this time, we raised two boys. I served seven years in the military, began a successful career in warehouse distribution, owned and operating a trucking business on the side that complemented the warehouse, and uh, did that for about five years. So I was a pretty busy boy. Also during that time, attended church, raising the boys in Sunday school. I served as a deacon in the church for a while. I was involved with Isaiah House in Portland. 
a house for the homeless families. Um, you know, I was working my way to heaven. Doing all that, I knew I could get to heaven if I worked harder. I burned out. Totally burned out, crashed and burned. So I turned myself to finding my self-worth from how my performance was to get it. And showing off, I guess, that I could do something a little bit better than anybody else. Wrongly placed, of course. That married ended with infidelity, irreconcilable differences, misplaced priorities, a little abuse of alcohol. When I say little, I didn't do it daily, but if it had a hold of me, there was no stopping it. I was addicted when it had a hold of me. So after a time after that marriage, uh, actually a workplace romance involved, a uh, second marriage began, and that marriage can be summed up, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Very little fellowship, no service to the Lord. I was in charge and lived accordingly. Alcohol, alcohol abuse was still a problem. That married engine, when we wanted, my wife wanted to rekindle a high school romance that she had had, so we divorced. But we had to cohabitate because we had bought a house that took both of our incomes to maintain. There was equity in it, and we didn't want to lose that. So, what an emotional roller coaster. She had somebody, I was alone. After a time, my son and his wife, seeing my situation, invited me into their home to live with them. And during that time, on one Sunday, my son said to me, Dad, why don't you come to church with us? Sorry. That message spoke to my heart, and this prodigal son came home. Come on. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Daddy, ran to me like the father ran to the son in the, in the story of the prodigal son. Open arms. Received me with all my junk. Put it in the junkyard. Don't go play there. <laughs> it's not healthy. But it's part of my testimony. So in that respect, it's memories, it's history. My medicating with alcohol had stopped. I was compared, and I just want a, a side testimony on that as your son. Don't ever give up on your kids. Wow, they blessed me. My faith fellowship continued growing, and knowing that I couldn't work my way to heaven anymore now, I just needed to let go and let God. Forgiveness, gratitude, and love. Divorce number two was final, but still jointly that we had that house to get rid of. And after about six or seven months, it just hadn't had any, anything, but I was ready for a, another relationship. Um, but financially couldn't really do much. Uh, Match.com was very relatively inexpensive, and so I thought, I'm gonna put my whole, what I want out of life in this blog. All others need not reapply. So I went on to Match.com, and I was only on it for four days. <laughs> and like she said, she was in a position that she was ready to not go there anywhere. So I kind of got a Dear John letter in the first time. 
through all this is through the, through the modern technology. What God can use, don't underestimate it. This was a match made in heaven. <laughs> now with I and Melody praying together, first to get rid of this past that I needed to do with this, because uh, as long as I had this house, I was still connected. We were still maintaining it. With prayer for Melody, this body that helped, uh, that house sold within two months. Two full offers came. And that is God. We tried. And that was in a downturn market too, by the way. So as time goes on, our love for each other growing, confirmation was showing up, encouragement with our friends. We decided on marriage, so we asked Joshua if he would preside. And he said, yeah, but please consider this, this course with Danny Silk. It's called uh, Loving on Purpose and Defining Relationships. I will encourage anybody considering a relationship, anybody that is in a relationship, to go through this thing. It's very, um, it's a very good help. And about that, I would say, you know, you can learn from wisdom or you're gonna learn from your consequences. I had to learn from consequences, but God restored me and thank God, praise God. So we were married on 10, 10, 10. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> Melody loves numbers. So in closing, I would just say that uh, uh, a verse that Joshua gave in the first service, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, tribulations, trials, but take heart or be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. 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 So if somebody says cheer up, things could get worse. Don't believe it. They will get worse. Cheer up and so they got worse. How about cheer up? He's overcome the world. <laughs> Come on. You know, I, I, I know, right? That's a good word, isn't it? You know, I think that uh, something I've been enjoying so much and I want you to really enjoy as we go through this journey is, you know, it's easy when you're going through what you're going through to look at everybody else and think like, wow, it must be nice to be one of the happy people. And, uh, and you do, you just assume like, oh good, another person whose life is touched and everything that happens is good and sunshine and roses for them, but I'm going through a rough time. How could God use me? Look at what I've been through, look at what I've done. But the truth is everybody in this house has a testimony. And um, if you were to look at Randy and Melody, you'd have all kinds of assumptions like, oh, they've probably, they were probably born saved, they probably got married at 20, they probably tithe 50% of their income, and, and they just have the wonderful romance and nothing ever goes wrong. But then you, then you hear the story, they've both been divorced twice, they've gone through heartache, they've gone through, you know, Melody's, she just shared, she went through abuse. Um, and then she has a whole cool testimony of how she got saved. And I mean, there's just so many cool things, but what's the point? The point is God has faithfully come and redeemed these two beautiful people who have gone through two divorces and then the Lord goes, yeah, but I'm not done. I'm not done and also you're not gonna be alone. I want you to be married. And, um, and he coupled with that desire of their heart and brought redemption. And, um, and I love the parts too where they open themselves up to let their, the body of Christ surround them through that journey. Did you hear that? And I love to do putting Jesus first, you know, going, okay, you know what? I've bumped my head against this thing a couple of times. I'm gonna put him first now. And so there's just treasure everywhere in this testimony. 
So um, uh, they're going to pray over you right now. And so if there's any part of this testimony that you just say, that just ministers to my heart. And Lord, I'm asking God that what you've done in them, you would do in me. You would do in my life. And so if, you, if you've been through heartbreak or you've been through some things that you would think, well, this is, this is it, you know, I mean, two strikes, I don't know, do I want to try for a third? It doesn't have to be marriage or maybe it is marriage, but I want you to stand up if there's anything in this testimony that you would just say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need you to move in my life. I want to put you first. I want you to come and do for me what you've done for them. And uh, go ahead, Melody. So God, I just... Um ask that all the seeds of hope that are already in our hearts, Lord, would just um, continue to spring forth, to grow. Lord, if this testimony um, of your faithfulness watered them or put sunshine on them, I just thank you for the growth that's happening. And um, I pray uh, that any disappointments that may have occurred in our lives, um, that you would turn it around and make something beautiful out of it, Lord, that um, all the lie of, that a disappointment holds would be broken now in the name of Jesus, and that your truth would arise in a place of hope and, um, and peace. So I just thank you for all these people that are standing, and I just know that, and thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do in, in their lives, Lord, to um, accomplish your purposes, which is to love us. Yes. So thank you for your love, God, and yes. we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel like, too, just as we're closing, I feel like the Lord just wants to encourage um, some of you that do have a desire in your heart to marry. And um, the Lord does give you the desires of your heart. And I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you with these guys' testimony, because what they didn't do was sit around and say, well, then, Lord, bring me a man, bring me a woman. They actually took the steps that God put in their heart. And God used Match.com and eHarmony. You, you know, you were healing during eHarmony. So that was kind of fun, inner healing going on, right? And then Match.com. And this is not a plug for those things, although they will be writing me a check. But um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but, but I really feel like actually the Lord wants to encourage some of you. Like, it, you know, he who would have friends must be friendly. He or she who would be married must take the steps to make you, you've got to take your step. God's not just going to do it for you, but he will meet you in those steps. It's a partnership. And I, I really feel like the Lord's saying, if that's in your heart, start taking risks. Do it like they did it. Don't be a dingus and just take the first knucklehead that comes along. Have people in your life that will vet that person, but you do have to take an actual risk. And I, I, really, I, I really believe that the Lord is just on that for some of you. So be, be bold, be brave, take a step. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you and give you shalom. The prayer servant team is coming forward if you need more ministry. God bless you. Go share the testimony.